and welcome to episode two of Hancher Presents the Heart of the Arts podcast. I am Micah Ariel James. I am Chigar Antria. Dustin Kleba. And uh, we're very glad that you're here. We have a very exciting episode for you this week uh, that'll kind of kick off some exciting programming that we have going on this spring. Um, Chewy, do you want to talk about who we have on our episode this week? Yeah, today we are joined uh, by David Skidmore. He is one-fourth of the percussion ensemble, Third Coast Percussion. Um, we call, we've been partnering with Third Coast. It, it, it's been kind of a special relationship because we had planned to have them do some live stuff right at the cusp of the, the pandemic, and we were able to extend that partnership through onto the pandemic do, with doing some uh, remote video work. They, they were gracious enough to work with us in doing uh, kind of a thank you to the medical community, University of Iowa community, Hanch community, and they did a rendition of like the Iowa Fight Song and On Iowa, and it was really fun. And we talked a little bit about that process. And since then, we've done um, a couple different things with them. We've uh, did a... I'm sure you all know a virtual family youth, youth and family hancher talent show that they've helped coordinate and, and watch some of the submissions and they're doing a, a, uh, a kind of like wrap up of that with us. We, we have uh, a school kind of educational performance that they've done pre pandemic that they've re- repackaged and done for uh virtual audiences called Think Outside the Drum. So we touch on all those things and kind of what it means to be an artist and a human being uh, throughout the craziness that is 2020 and 2021 now. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, before we get into that, I think we should hop into our very special segment called Good Art. Have you all read, seen, heard, or heard about any good art lately? Well... Man, I don't know. I don't know. This is this is going to be a tough one every week because I I feel like I either have a whole bunch or I feel like I I haven't done anything. <laughs> um, but this one this is pretty prominent just because the Super Bowl was just yesterday. Uh, we're recording this on Monday the eighth, and uh, I thought the weekend did a pretty good job. I I was a little skeptical because I'm not a huge fan of their music, but um, I thought he did a good job as not only a performer but um, as a music as a musician also. Um, but I did notice one thing that I think this is the first Super Bowl halftime show that I re- that I can remember that there was zero instruments. There was none. It was just him the entire show. So um, that could just be me and my terrible memory. But I thought that was just kind of an interesting turn that uh, instruments are slowly going away. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think it was just the, the New York Times. They're kind of like they have like a morning newsletter, and I was reading about it, and it was interesting to note that, like, like if you think about it, like the Super Bowl and like the halftime show, it's supposed to be just like this huge, grandiose, like have all the people in the audience run to the field and do like a, and so like how do you make how do you do that in a you know socially distant kind of crazy nutso world right now. So it's like, yeah, they talked about how he had to be in the stands and how it was more of a, they were trying to go for like an intimate performance. Yeah. I was going to say, it turns out their answer to that was just have the weekend run around in a mirror maze. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I saw the the memes this morning already, or actually last night, even as it was happening. (laughs) 
Um, How about you, Micah? Yeah. So for me, mine is a a rediscovery. Um, so uh, I love This American Life, the the NPR show, um, and I on their podcast they they do release new episodes as as they come out, but they also release release some stuff from their archives. And um, the other day they put on what is one of my favorite episodes of This American Life, which is funny because the host Ira Glass was not there. It was it was hosted by Sarah Koenig, who a lot of people know from Serial. Uh, of serial fame. Uh, but uh, it, it's an episode called No Coincidence, No Story. And I don't know, it has to be close to 10 years old, that episode. And um, it's so interesting to me because it's just all these people with with coincidence stories. And um, so like one of them, and, and I, everybody can go listen to the episode as well. But like one of the stories is somebody seeing they're the person who would eventually become their spouse in the background of a picture from a childhood vacation, but they were like from two different States and they happen to be on vacation in the same place, you know? So just stories like that, that I just find fascinating. And I think it, it's, it's the sort of thing where we kind of talk about this in this episode where things hit differently in these times. And it was just like re-listening to that episode. There's something about, the idea that we're we're all connected to each other, which we know on some level, but then you have these moments where it's like, what are the odds that I was there when you were there? What are the odds that your mother knew my, uh, you know, whatever this random thing is? Um, that's just a very exciting thing in these times to think, oh yeah, we are all connected. Whatever that looks like, we're connected. Sure, yeah. Yeah, for, for me, I've been listening to... Um, the new album by The Avalanches. I don't know if either of you are familiar. They are like a DJ kind of um, producer group from, I believe, Australia. But they they dropped an album uh, like right when I was out of high school, like maybe 2004, 2005. And it was like one of, one of my favorite albums of all time. And then they like went dark. They didn't drop anything for like decades. And it, it was like uh, very much like they they had a thing where they were trying to because the, their whole thing was like they took thousands of different music samples to make like their songs. So in two thousand and the you know early like two thousands, it's a different legal landscape. So like they had a, a note on their website like clearing audio samples for like five ten years, you know. And so they finally released an album a couple years back. And it was like this huge buildup and everybody was really excited that like was fans of the original one. And in my opinion, it was kind of like, I mean, like how could it live up to expectations? You know what I mean? So it's kind of just like, oh, they're back. You can tell it's kind of, but then they dropped this new one that just kind of surprise came out a couple weeks ago called, and I looked it up, but we will always love you. And to me, it feels like the album they should have dropped after that, you know, that huge long, it's, it's just, it's, you know, almost speaking to what you're speaking to, Michael, where it's like it hits you a different way. And I think they might have been producing it during this pandemic as well. So maybe they created it with that feeling in mind. But it, it definitely, I was, I, I do walking right now because I'm just like, I'd be walking on my treadmill and I listen to music. I was listening to it like almost crying, just be like, this is so good. So, mm-hmm. 
Very That's much awesome. Needed, yeah. <laughs> so it's like a Rogue One compared to the new trilogy when you have a good movie that should have been dropped first <laughs> compared to what was happening. Exactly, <laughs> I probably yeah. just offended half of it, everyone else. <laughs> Don't get into politics. We don't get into Star Wars. (laughs) Cool. Well, I I think we can get right into it. Um, We'll take a little break and then come back and uh, have a really, what I consider to be an awesome conversation with David Skidmore from Third Coast Percussion. Yeah, I'm excited for everyone to hear it. I know uh, for me, I being on the production side of things, I haven't worked with him much, so uh, it was it was exciting to hear what he all had to say. So, enjoy. David, thank you so much for for joining us uh, at the Heart of the Arts podcast. Uh, just to get right into it, if you could like, introduce yourself and, and talk a little bit about your involvement with um, Third Coast Percussion and to maybe give a really brief overview if some of our listeners aren't familiar with your group. Sure. Um, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is David Skidmore. I am one of the four members of the quartet Third Coast Percussion. We are a Chicago-based quartet that has been um, making music and sharing our music and teaching about our music for 16 years. Um, We started this group in 2005, sort of fresh out of our our studies of music at Northwestern University, and we've been based in Chicago ever since. we uh, we were fortunate to win a Grammy Award a few years ago. We've been nominated a couple more times, including this year. Uh, so even during a pandemic, some good things can happen, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, our association with Hancher started sort of just before the pandemic. Um, I met with Micah and with uh, Paul Brohan at a conference and started talking about the projects at Third Coast Percussion offers to audiences and we made a we made a an exciting plan for uh may of 2021 which is like all plans changed and changed again but um we think of our association with hancher as one of the real positive and um and exciting things that has come out of the pandemic, because really, as soon as things shut down, we started having conversations with you all about, okay, you know, we can't do what we had been planning on doing because it's not safe to do so, but there's so much positive um, work that can be done. So we've been working with you all to figure out what that is and, and how to make cool and exciting projects uh, really almost for a year now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and on behalf of Hancher, you know, I mean, I just want to express our gratitude for you and Third Coast's willingness to kind of collaborate and, and think, use our imaginations and think creatively on some of this stuff. Cause I mean, it's such new territory on all fronts and you, your group has always been down to, to work with us. And I wanted to talk really briefly uh, about, um, before we look at the future, one of the first video kind of collaborations that Chuck, our executive director, called it a gift, a gift to our audiences, was Third Coast uh, created this 
uh, you know, rendition of like the Iowa fight song and on Iowa, another song kind of like of our alma mater. Uh, can you talk brief? Because the thing that I'm really interested about is how you and the other members of Third Coast communicated to create it. Because it's all you and your houses kind of making music in a very Third Coast way. Like there's a toothbrush on a glass. There's like percussive on a faucet water and things like that. But yeah, and I mean, like it's very much like a pandemic, socially distant communication, correct? Yeah, um, that was that was a really fun sort of project that we had. Um, you know, we decided early on that, um, I mean, like the first few days of the pandemic that we, we already kind of knew what the challenges were going to be. And we knew that there was going to be a lot of, of hardship um, on a lot of levels. And so we just wanted to create something positive um, from the beginning. So when Chuck and the, and the Hancher team asked us to do that, we actually had a ton of fun with it. We... Um, as you mentioned, the idea was that we would create a recording of um, the fight song and on Iowa from our homes as a gift to the whole Hancher community, including uh, the medical workers and just everyone who's cooped up at home. <clears throat> so um, the way we created it was um, Sean in the quartet is just amazing with this stuff. He's He's very creative and very organized, which is which is a, a rare combo and a good combo <laughs> for making this kind of at-home video. So um, Sean sort of orchestrated the whole thing and said, okay, you know, here's the fight song. Um, here's the like lead sheet, you know, the melody and the chords. Um, and he just gave us all tasks. He said, okay, put a metronome on in your ear. So we're all going at the same speed, the same tempo. And David, you record this drum part uh, with a sound that kind of sounds like a snare drum, but isn't actually a snare drum and, and on and on and on. And so we each had our sort of assignments and we each recorded them in a really specific way, uh, so that they could fit together. Right. And, and then Sean edited it all together. So one of the really cool things is that I just had this list of tasks, list of tasks, and this was so early on that this was the first one of these that we had done. And we, we've done a small handful since then. Um, but I was reading through the list and I was like, make a snare drum sound, you know, like, what is this going to sound like? And so I'm just sitting in my basement, my daughter, like playing in the corner, you know, like playing on the top of a me little metal trash can with a metronome on. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and then Sean edited it all together and, and, um, <laughs> and we were just really pleased with how it turned out. It was fun. And, um, and, um, I, th I, you know, I, I hope that it, I hope that people enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely great. I, when I saw that video, I was like, this is, this is perfect. This is perfect for these times as well as we're seeing, you know, people in their houses, just acknowledging this change in environment for a lot of people. And yet it's fun. It's exciting. And it's familiar to us. It's the song we all know, right? Locally. Um, so that was really, really special. Has have the times changed the way that you are collaborating as a quartet? Um, has it enhanced it or is it is it more difficult? Would you say it's definitely more difficult? Um, we've been very fortunate because there's kind of been phases right when things shut down. Um, 
it's even hard for me to remember this at the time, but nobody knew anything, <laughs> you know, <laughs> except that there was this terrible disease going around and that you should stay away from other people. So we had a lot of discussions in that first week of, you know, how are we going to continue to be productive, you know, when our creativity largely comes from the four of us in the quartet being in the same room. And uh, we had a lot of, of, of candid and, and, um, and uh, not difficult, but, but um, really personal conversations with each other about how we could make it work. And we, and we decided that we would create a bubble amongst the four of us. Um, so the four of us for months didn't see anyone other than each other and the people that we lived at home with. And that was um, the measures that we took to be safe in the beginning. Later on, there, became, there was more guidance. So in the state of Illinois, you know, there's rules about you can be at work with one another um, as long as there's less than X number of people, as long as everyone's wearing a mask the whole time. So we've just been following those, that guidance uh, ever since it's been available. And um, so we are able to gather. We had also invested in some cameras and some camera equipment before this all happened, uh, originally planning to use it for live performances with like live projections of what we're doing on stage uh, for the audience to see up close. But all of that equipment was able to be um, used for live streaming um, and pre-recording videos like, like the video we were just talking about. So we were fortunate that we had already and in, in, we already had that equipment. Um, and yeah, from the very beginning, we just started live streaming shows, pre-recording content, and just coming up with ways to be creative. Um, and um, the you know the the challenges are are kind of everywhere. You know, uh, the way to reach audiences has changed. The way to just make a living doing this has changed. But um, uh, one thing that we found is that. There's not a one-to-one, -one, but um, if you're able to continue serving your mission, which for us is to um, excite and educate audiences, um, then there is a way. <laughs> there is a way forward. So I'm kind of curious, uh, just kind of your opinions on how as a performer it's changed from performing to an audience of hundreds or thousands or, or whatever people live in in the room with you giving you that energy and now all of a sudden you have three or four cameras that you're supposed to and, and you're and you're supposed to still keep that same energy and engagement so um i'm kind of curious to hear your your opinions on uh how the, those challenges are worked through it's it's interesting um we, we very much miss the live audience, obviously. Um, there's, no, there's no replacement for that. But that being said, we've been fortunate that, that we, we have good audiences for our live streams. And so when those cameras turn on, there's a different kind of nervous energy. You know, as a performer, you feed on that nervous energy. Um, and um, when it's a live audience, um, that there's, a, there's that you know, immediate feedback loop, which is what makes live performance so incredible and so irreplaceable. Um, and with this, yeah, it's just the four of us in the room with our, with our employee, Colin, who runs all of our live streams, all the videos and audio. Um, but you still have that feeling, you know, he counts us down 10, nine, eight, 
and so you get these little butterflies. Um, um, as as the pandemic has worn on, um, the feeling has changed a little bit, but we still get nervous in in, in the good way. Uh, um, but it's it's almost like um, the way we've we've learned to get nervous with live performance. I we like to tell students that um, for us, our experience is that we don't stop getting nervous. You know, music students in particular always want to know like. Do you get nervous? Do you stop getting nervous at a certain point? I know for me personally, I always get nervous before a live performance. But that I think of that as a good thing because it means that I care. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. If I didn't get nervous, I'd be worried that like it doesn't matter to me anymore. And why am I even doing this? <laughs> um, but um, but what you learn is you, you learn to get used to it. You learn to get used to those nerves. And the first couple of times that we did live streams... It was a similar but not the same feeling. And so I was very, very nervous. Um, I will never forget the feeling that we had during our first live stream. Our last live concert was Friday the 13th of March um, uh, in a suburb of Chicago. And our first, that was our last live concert. And our first live stream concert was exactly one week later, Friday, March 20th. Um, and we were so nervous because we were like, you know, is the, all the normal percussion, like performance stuff combined with the like, is the internet going to cut out? Is the, the camera's going to look okay? Is it going to sound just all that other kind of stuff. But as soon as it went live and we started playing, I had a very emotional response um, because it had been this, this very intense several days of like, um, are we going to be able to do this anymore? I mean, our identities are wrapped up in, in, in our careers so, um, we, we, you know, I don't, uh, I, I've been a musician since I was seven years old. Um, and I've professionally only ever been a musician. So for a few days there, it was like, you may never, you know, for the foreseeable future, you can't perform in front of an audience again. And I hadn't realized how deeply that had hit me until we were in front of the cameras and performing. And I had this, this combination of like relief and nervousness and euphoria and, um, and it, it was it was very powerful, and I try and carry that with me as we as we continue to live stream into the almost the second year of doing this. Wow! Yeah, I mean, there's so many so many ways we can kind of go off of everything you just said. I mean, one of the things that I I noted just as a personal kind of anecdote was the the difference in in nervousness in like meetings. Like for me, it's it's kind of weird to say, but I feel like I've been able to flourish a little bit more in Zoom meetings versus like, I think I'm a little bit more reserved in like personal, like actual meetings where I have to look at somebody and like, if I can just like kind of speak to my computer, it's like a different, and like I think everybody's navigating all those different, like, you know, it's all analogous. It's all like avatars to parallels to, you know, real interactions. So how do you internalize it in, in different ways? But the other thing that I, I, I really think about was it's like you, you basically described like that catharsis of, of performing and, and that release of being able to say like, Oh, we can actually still do something like, you know, before this pandemic. And I, I think that speaks to a lot of, you know, it's a lot of, and we've talked about this in the podcast before. It's like, this is trauma that we're all dealing with. And this is a lot of it's so internalized and it's such a, a weird, like, it's not, 
the way I describe it, it's like the slowest moving car wreck where you're in it and you can't look away. And, and it's almost like you don't realize that you're in it until like something like that happens where it all releases and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm performing. This is, this is like some, it hits a spark and then you're just like, you know, like <laughs> you feel it. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember, um, this is related to what you're talking about, but we were, in, in the middle of the summer, so this was months into the pandemic, and um, this is a personal anecdote, but my wife uh, has a sister who lives in Brooklyn, and my wife's parents live in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, so they had been, you know, geographically close, but hadn't been able to see each other. And, um, you know, again, guidance had come out, and my, and, and Liz was like, oh, hey, you know, my parents are going to go see Johanna. And we we're like, okay, great. You know, we we're outside just like playing in the yard with our daughter. And Liz got a picture of um, Johanna hugging her dad, and she just like broke down, you know, because it is this. And and she didn't realize she was carrying that either. So we all we all I think have that, you know. Um, it it is just like so slow moving because day to day there's so much boredom, you know. <laughs> um, and for and I, I I keep talking about being a parent and. You know, but like that's that's a, a, a thing that a lot of people are going through as well is like, um, you know, how to be a parent during this and how to um, be a good parent, but also deal with having your kids around all the time for, you know, kids of a certain age, homeschooling and kids of another age, you know, uh, who are supposed to be at university and can't be. And it's just like, there's that whole side of things and, and other people who are dealing with extreme loneliness and it's it's rough, you know, to say nothing of the people who are, who are dealing with the actual problem itself you have healthcare workers and the people who are sick and um so it's anyway with all that going on it's it, it means so much to us as artists that there are places like hancher that are that are still trying to reach people still trying to give people something positive um that uh that helps them work through something or or even it's just a distraction or or whatever it might be all the great things that art can do yeah, one of the things you you said a, a a moment ago was that you kind of returned to this idea of the mission of of the of the quartet. It it is to educate and entertain. Um, you know, how do you see that feeding into the way that you're kind of reimagining the work that you do? I say that because this is something that we've been talking about as well with with Hancher, the process that we've gone into as a result of everything that's happened in 2020 and also personally as a, a result of budget cuts within Hancher, going back to what are we supposed to do? What are we trying to do? And why is the work that we do important? What do you see kind of as that, that core importance with what third coast is doing? Yeah. Um, well, so our mission, our mission is to inspire and educate, um, through the uh, creation of exciting and unexpected musical experiences. Like those are the, those are the words that we use. Um, well, yeah, we, we had, <laughs> we had existential moments early on of like, um, you know, does this mission make sense, you know, in the current times? And it does. It's, it's what we do. It's what we do well. And um, people need inspiration. They need to keep learning. They need to stay creative and and curious um and that's always been what we think that we do best you know um and 
um, whether it, it whether it is a distraction, which which sounds trivial, but I think is not, <laughs> um, uh, or just a way to like engage your mind at a time of extreme boredom, or trying to try something new and have access to something that you wouldn't normally have access to. Because access is this tremendous thing that's come out of this situation. You know, this is like, this is like the the worldwide Coca-Cola phenomenon, you know, it's like 100% the same for everybody pretty much, you know, um, the, the, the big access question is internet access. Um, but if you have internet access, um, you're seeing the same stuff that, um, billionaires are seeing, you know, um, or, or, you know, if you're in the United States, you're seeing the same thing that, anyone in the world sees who has access to free internet, um, uh, free and unrestricted internet, I should say. Um, so that's actually been really lovely. Um, we've, uh, I, you know, in our live streams, we've reached countries that not only have we never been on tour, but we've never really had the like, um, uh, we've never thought about going on tour because it just seemed uh, too many steps away, too many steps removed from us, you know, people from Saudi Arabia and Pakistan and Indonesia and South Africa. And I mean, places that I hope we visit on tour one day, but they hadn't yet been close enough in our circle to, to even have contacts there. Um, and these people are, are tuning in and, and, um, something is driving them to, to, to check out what we're doing. Um, so it's, um, it's, it's interesting, I guess, to see how our mission plays out in different ways, but that it's still a driving force. Um, and it's still uh, crucial and it, and it gives us focus as well. Because the other thing is that, like, we, you know, we, we're in the same boat as everyone else. You know, I wake up at home every day. <laughs> it's like, what are we going to do today? going to do more stuff in front of cameras, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> But rather than having that feel like uh, overwhelming and, and depressing, uh, not to say that it isn't sometimes, but, um, you know, the, with a mission, you can sort of say, okay, here's why, you know, even when you don't feel like it, here's why. Um, because I know that even though in this moment, I don't feel like it, maybe I know that uh, in, the, in the greater scheme of things, it gives purpose and there'll be a reason why, you know, there is a reason why. And that's, uh, I mean, as not for profits, we have missions. That's that's what we that's what we answer to. But it's no different than being a, a person and having personal goals, you know. Yeah, I think something that way to kind of focus that into is, is talking about um, think outside the drum and how that, you know. I, I mean, I think it can. It, it's a similar conversation, I imagine. But it's just like you had think outside the drum, and we were able to see all this. You know, there's it's almost it, like it hits me in a certain way. Like you see all this footage of you and the other members of Third Coast um, Percussion, like in front of like just tons of students doing the different like, you know, exercises. And then you're just like, oh, my heart, like I miss because like, you know, what Mike and I do is we will. That's that's our that's that's our like bread and butter, like yeah. having artists go to big school, you know, do matinees or do like classroom visits. And so you had think outside the drum pre pandemic. And then now we're doing, you're doing this think outside the drum, like virtually. Can you speak a little bit on, on that and how it works? Of course. Yeah. 
So Think Outside the Drum is our, is our sort of hour-long um, young audiences, typically young audiences, although we do say students of all ages, um, show where we introduce our group, we introduce the music that we play, the instruments that we play on, and it's all 100% participatory. So there are um, three musical ideas that we introduce. We call them building blocks of music. And each of them, we play a piece of music and we do an interactive game with the audience. Um, so the audience sings along with us. They clap and learn a rhythm with us. They do a listening game, yeah, where they sort of do these <laughs> like really fun um, sort of calisthenics almost. <laughs> um, and we've been doing that program for a few years now. And as you said, we're accustomed to doing it in front of 100 500, 1,000, 2,000 kids. Um, and that is, I think, probably the... Of all the programs that we do, that's the strangest one to do <laughs> alone in our studio <laughs> with just cameras because it's a ton of, okay, I'm going to say this and then you say it back to me. <laughs> we're just, you know, one, two, three... <laughs> okay, I bet that sounded great. That's <laughs> uh, like Dora the Explorer, where it's like, can you say? Oh yeah, they yes. just hold. Yeah, yeah, good job. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Tiger, same thing. There's a lot of like. <laughs> oh, you got it. Okay, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, but, but, uh, you know, just like everything else, it is. It's this really fun um, uh, way to increase the number of people we bring it to. Because this is, th there are programs that Third Coast Progression is starting to develop that don't involve the four of us traveling to someone. Uh, like a, a curriculum we're developing um, that teaches scientific concepts between, uh, um, or sorry, uh, musical concepts between science, technology, engineering, and math. And that's meant to be a curriculum that is available to, to teachers across the country and around the world. But that's very new for us. Our, our main way of reaching people thus far has been traveling to you. Um, and Think Outside the Drum is, is actually the, the program that we do more than any other program every year and across the history of the group is the program that we've done the most. Um, and yeah, and one advantage to this situation is that we're able to do it live when that's um, the best fit for, for the uh, presenter that we're working with. But we also have this pre-recorded version that we um, can can offer to a presenter for a period of time. And then so many more people can experience it. Um, um, so our presentation of it for the Hancher is going to be really special because it's, it's, it's um, the sort of matinee format uh, with a live question and answer afterwards, which is another really special thing about the current format. You know, um, people can watch our concerts and send us questions as they're watching, which in a theater might be distracting <laughs> to have everyone out on their phones and sending questions. Um, but in this format, you're sitting at home. And so, you know, if, if um, you're watching with your eight-year-old and eight-year-old says, what was that instrument? You can write us a a message and uh, an email or drop it into the chat and say, what was that? <laughs> um, and, and we'll answer it right, you know, right after the fact. And I, I believe you all, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't remember this detail, but I believe you all are also licensing the, the, the video for a period of time afterwards. Is that right? We are. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to be making that available to schools for 
the week after. And that's so, so there you have the best of both worlds. It's live and you're having the real interaction of like, send us questions. We'll answer them right after the show. But then you also have um, access for everyone who isn't available during that one hour block of time, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a real, you know, going back to the idea of mission, um, this is us being more on mission in some ways than we've ever been because, because of just the, the number of, of people that we're able to reach and inspire and, 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 and teach about the music that we love. And as we wrap up here, that, that program is actually kicking off a, a, a spring partnership with you all. Um, I just wonder if you might have a few words about the, the talent show, that, that event that's going to be happening on Sunday, February 14th, um, and then also a, another program that will be happening later in the spring. Yeah, so the, the Hancher Youth and Family Talent Show is this idea that um, you all dreamed up and we, we've helped out with, um, Third Coast has helped out with. Um, and it's like just another one of these beautiful things that's come out of this strange and unsettling situation that we're all in. Um, but yeah, the idea is just everyone's at home. Um, and, and so many, especially young people, aren't able to be safely creative in the way that they normally would be, you know, uh, especially early on, you know, dance classes, music classes, choir you might sing in, you know, maybe you're in a, you're fortunate to be in a school or a program with a great musical theater um, uh, performance program or something like that, but all of it's just shut down. So the, the Youth and Family Talent Show was an opportunity for everyone in the sort of Hancher community to um, send in videos and sort of celebrate their creativity at home with their families. Um, and so we got these really fantastic submissions and on the 14th, Valentine's Day, we'll be celebrating all the submissions that we've got. We've, we've got uh, fun awards that we're going to be giving out um, in the spirit of the event. And we actually have the world premiere of another fun Third Coast Percussion at-home performance, sort of like a sequel to the Iowa fight song on Iowa <laughs> that we did um, early on. So and we'll be hosting the event. And um, yeah, and showing the submissions and, and sort of celebrating the, the creativity of, of the Hancher community. And then um, later this spring, we, um, we, are, uh, we have planned a sort of Hancher main stage performance. So a version of the performance that we had scheduled to perform live on stage uh, uh, at the Hancher in, in May of 2021. We're, we're uh, working out the details, as everyone can imagine, uh, and as everyone is, you know, sort of uh, taking it one day at a time in terms of what's possible. But we have a planned um, digital presentation of the concert program that we had originally planned to bring to the Hancher um, in, in the flesh. So um, and we're very excited. It's an incredible program uh, called Archetypes. So it's Third Coast Percussion in collaboration with Sergio Assad, uh, the world-class guitarist, his daughter, Clarice Assad, um, 
famous multi-instrumentalist and composer. And that music that's a part of the program is, is actually on our new album, which comes out in a few weeks as well. So you can get a preview of the program by checking out our album when it comes out uh, in the middle of March. And, um, and then you'll, you'll, you know, sent to your screens later this spring, a, a live presentation of the same program. We'll be sure to keep everybody posted about all of those things. Um, so as our final question here, uh, we, we have added a, a segment here that we're calling Good Art, where we just like to get a sense of what people are seeing, reading, hearing, watching. Um, have you read, seen, heard, or heard about any good art lately? Yes. Um, I actually, so much. That's one of the strange um, and, uh, you know, I always consume a, a lot of, uh, obviously, music, but also typically, you know, live dance, theater, and TV, and I read a lot and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's amazing how much time you spend traveling when you're a musician, like just how many hours. Um, so I feel like I've got this like second life now <laughs> that would normally be like me on a, on an airplane or a train or in a car. Um, uh, so I've been consuming a ton of stuff. Um, I can just name a, a few things. Um, some music I've really been getting into, um, a composer named Natalie Joachim, who's someone I've known for years. She's based in Chicago. Um, she's been just writing a ton of great music and has an album with a, with a group called Spectral Quartet, another Chicago based group called Fandaiti, which is, um, original music and, and arrangements of, of Haitian, uh, folk songs, which is just, I've been listening to on repeats. Incredibly beautiful. Um, I've read um, a couple of books that, that are new and a couple that aren't, but are just amazing to me. Um, Vikram Seth, uh, his book, Unequal Music. It's a, actually a book about uh, a career chamber musician, which I started reading at the beginning of the pandemic, which made it even more um, like heart-wrenching than it normally would be because it's about this member of a string quartet and, and his life and love. Um, a book uh, by Colm McCann called A Paragon, um, which is new and really hard to read, but very, very beautiful, um, about uh, a father in Palestine and a, a father in Israel who both lose um, children uh, in the conflict there. Um, but, but, uh, use their grief to, um, fuel efforts towards peace. And, um, and then, yeah, as far as TV, I'm a, I'm a huge nerd. So I've been watching WandaVision, like the moment it comes out every week. <laughs> uh, that's been, that's been keeping me going the last few weeks. <laughs> Just that I totally can relate. It's like, you, it's interesting how all the stuff that's been happening in the pandemic, it like it, it forces you to recontextualize your relationship with, with the media and something that you would have read before. Now it's like, it can hit you it just like blindside you with it and how you kind of, you need, I don't, I feel personally like I need both. I need to like still center myself and kind of think about the gravitas of the world, but also just like WandaVision. Yeah. It was like, yeah. you'd be <laughs> parks and rec the office. So I could just forget oh, about yeah. everything for a second. Oh, totally. All about balance. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> totally. 
It is funny. I, I'll be sitting on the couch watching uh, TV with my wife, and it's like we say half jokingly, but you know, and all these TV shows, you're like, what, what are those people doing so near each other? Where are their masks? You yeah. Know? You have this feeling of like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. It's, first of all, it's TV. And second of all, it was filmed before yep. March of 2020. <laughs> wow. There's some of them where you're just like, what are they like? You know, like people like sharing a water bottle. Like, here you go. You're like, no, what are you doing? Yeah. That wasn't even kosher back then. <laughs> I know, right? It's so wild. I got to, I got to see uh, Dr. Uh, Anthony Fauci speak at uh, a conference uh, um, that you guys know about called APAP. Um, and he was talking about at one point talking about like changes that he was imagining after this. And it, I think it's going to be so interesting to see, you know, if, um, wearing masks, which has, uh, not only, you know, at least in some measure helps stop the spread of, of COVID, but like flu and cold season has been different than it's ever been. And it's kind of like, yeah, I, I hope we carry some of this forward of just like, if you don't feel well, first of all, stay home. <laughs> and if you absolutely have to go out, you know, it's not a big deal to wear a mask and wash your hands and not share water bottles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Weird, weird to think about what the other side of this is going to be, but, you know, there'll be some good for sure. All right. Thanks, David, for joining us. That was that was incredible. Uh, great conversation, whether it was uh, about uh, how the pandemic has changed your process or just how the pandemic has changed who everyone is as a person in general. Um, I feel like everyone could kind of relate to what he was saying there. Um, for me, coming from the production side, I really enjoyed hearing him talk about how he gets nervous still. Um, even though everything is completely different, it still feels the same because from production, it I relate to that immensely just because I'm still running audio, I'm still watching things, but it's just completely different. Like even though there's there's nobody in the audience and it's not live, it's it's still live and there's still people watching. So um, it was cool to hear him kind of talk about that. Um, but yeah, hopefully everyone else enjoyed out there enjoyed listening to it. Um, if, whether you were watching, listening, whatever, hanging out with us, uh, we appreciate all of you for listening and viewing. And we will catch you guys on the next one. See ya. Bye. I'm trying to think if I have some more good art. Oh, good yeah. Art. Oh, yeah. Episode, right? Okay. Right. So, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> we're all like, what have we seen? What have uh, we? <laughs> what have I done? Okay, yeah. Are you Googling right now? I'm making sure I have the, the, the name of the album. Google art. <laughs> Google, what is good art? Perfect. Reset. Okay. Yep. <laughs>